Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's another game day. The Senators have traveled to Dallas where tonight they'll take on the Stars. And how can the Senators' Stars bounce back from a discouraging 4-2 loss up against the Blues last night? We'll get into all that. Plus, World Junior rosters are set and there's a handful of Sens prospects that will be taking part. That's all coming up in today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team. Every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 939 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. That is at GameTime. Today is Friday, December 15th, and Pilsy, I'm ready to get hurt again. How about you? Uh, I'm not ready to get hurt again, but I will... I will put myself in a position to be hurt again as the Ottawa Senators have another game tonight. And this isn't a game up against a struggling team. No, this is a game up against a team that has been having a great season so far in the Dallas Stars. Ross, I'm going to I'm going to look at the Stars, the alignment of the constellations here and predict that this game will not go well for the Ottawa Senators. Well, 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 maybe this is what the doctor ordered because in back-to-back games, they've allowed teams to snap four-game win streaks in the Carolina Hurricanes and, and last night the St. Louis Blues. The Stars, they're not soaring by any means. They're 5-5-2 five, five, and two in their last 12 games. So this sure. isn't a team. They're still a great team on paper especially. And yeah, that 5-5-2, five, five, and two, I stopped right before a four-game win streak. So overall, on the season, this is still a team that's top three in the Central Division. They still have a ton of talent offensively, defensively. They've got one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League and Jake Ottinger. Yeah, we'll get into all that. But Pilsy, before we turn the page to tonight's game, let's let's wrap up last night's effort. And if you watch the postcast, which we appreciate so many of you doing, we stayed up late to, to record there. And uh, to me... It was a sign that apathy has not set in. Fans are very passionate. Fans are very upset. And I don't blame them, especially like Stefano wrote in. He's boots on the ground in St. Louis. And he has to watch this team give up the first 11 shots in the game. The 11th one being a breakaway that ends up in the back of the net. This team was not ready to play. How do they fix that for tonight? The star players need to... They need to be a cohesive unit, right? Like, it seems like Timmy's like, I got to do this all on my own. It seems like Brady's like, if I don't get in a fight with Tucker, 
this team's going nowhere. Uh, Jacob Chikrin hasn't been what we thought he, he should be. I don't know. Like th- this team just isn't kind of working together. It seems like all the star players or at least a, a few of them that are very impactful for this team to be successful. They're trying to put all this on themselves and try to do it all on their own. And then you just have multiple individual efforts that don't really lead anywhere. So tonight is a leadership game. This is a, a test for the leadership group for sure. Last night, the leadership yes. group, they led in their own different ways, I guess, most notably Brady by dropping yeah. the gloves and getting the team fired up. But how, how did you feel about DJ Smith saying that that woke up the team? That was midway through the second period. They're already down 3 nothing. Why does it take that to wake up the group? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, Ross. It shouldn't take your captain who's making over $8 million and is leading your team in goals to fight a, a no-name player to just wake up midway through a game when you're already down three, nothing like it's that can't be the way that you turn things around. Like how often is Brady going to have to do that just for this team to lose four, two. <laughs> it wasn't even in a winning effort, right? Okay. We also discussed this. We actually didn't discuss this because we found it out afterwards uh, after the postcast, but after the game, they trotted out Matthew Joseph and Travis Hamanick to talk to the media. Joseph was the goal scorer, the the four two goal. I get it. I I have no qualms with that. I do find it a little bit of a a shield by the organization and the PR chooses who speaks to the media. The media can request certain players, but ultimately it's the decision of the organization who speaks the media. Now Brady spoke to the media after the loss at home to Carolina, and he spoke to the media before the game against St. Louis. Also, they're taking a quick plane out. To Dallas, I'm assuming he ha- he wants to give hugs and kisses to the whole family. I get that. It would be the same for any player in their home arena. You see, yeah, and I noticed fine. when I was covering the Jets, like you see the players come out of the tunnel and there's a little group of family or friends that are gathered. Seth Jarvis had that in Winnipeg last week. And you, you understand that's a part of the game. I know some fans might be like, we got to hear from the captain. Look, I get that. And he's been speaking to the media. But I think that would have been a perfect opportunity for a Claude Giroux, a Tim Stutzler who's been wearing a letter for the last number of, of games with uh, Thomas Shabato or even a Jacob Chikrin. Guys who are, you know, really paid to make this team have success, make this team tick. And they were nowhere to be seen after last night's game. Yeah. And uh, Ross, I don't even like that's disappointing for sure, but. I don't know if them answering to the media would have been any better. Like, what is, what are they going to say? Like, still, you, you should be held accountable, but we're past uh, words being of we're any salad. value. Yeah, we're like, salad. Yeah, we're past. There's nothing that I'm like waiting someone to say, and then when they say it, it's like, oh, it's all better now. Like this person said this. It like that ship has sailed a long time ago this team is in 29th in the league the only three teams below them yeah i don't even know these games in hand aren't that precious anymore ross like before these games in hands were like diamond jewels that i couldn't wait to cash in now we're just holding a bunch of eggs that with every step we're we're fumbling and they're falling and cracking on the ground like i i just (laughs) I don't know what this team... Yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. There's only three teams worse than the Ottawa Senators right now. And yes, I know there's games in hand, but games in hands aren't worth squat if you keep losing them. 
Those teams are the Anaheim Ducks, the San Jose Sharks, and the Chicago Blackhawks. All three teams are actively tanking, and their goal this year is to be bad. That's the group that the Ottawa Senators find themselves hanging out with. They're, they're at the kids' table right now. They were supposed to be at least at the halfway house with the teenagers at the family dinner and the kids coming home from college. They're not even there. They're still sitting at the kids' table. Yes, they are. And for us fans, it's a matter of just sitting back and saying, how can they do it differently? How would you hope to see this team respond to adversity? Because now they're they're in it. They're two games below 500 again. And I already I can read the script. I've already got it sent to me from Hollywood. Oh, they win it. against Dallas. They win against Vegas. All of a sudden, what? they're 500 again with two big wins. And then they're going to lose in, in just embarrassing fashion the last two games of their road trip. And they're still going to find themselves coming home two games below 500. That's, that's I mean, the Senators' way. Because every time you think that they're all the way out, then they'll they'll rip off two, three wins. And you're like, okay, I see it. I see the vision. They have good players. And then it'll crumble apart. So that's where my kind of lack of confidence comes from. And you said something in the postcast last night that just sticks with me. Again, after that Aho goal, the 3-1 goal against Carolina, it was the 4-1 goal against Ottawa last night for St. Louis where they're playing with their food. They're they're legitimately shocked at how wide open they are in the defensive zone. So that when you have NHL players shocked that they scored a goal in such an easy fashion, that's a huge red flag. Ross, there is there's no excuse explanation anywhere for an NHL team that is defending in their own zone to allow a guy standing in the slot to pass it to someone uninterrupted. Then for that player to then pass the puck back through the slot uninterrupted. Then for that player to again pass it back to that guy uninterrupted. And we're not even done. There's one more pass that comes back through the slot uninterrupted that leads to a one-timer that leads to a goal. Like, how how in any sort of structure, in any sort of play, is no one getting a stick in the lane for that many clean passes in a row in the offensive zone when one of the players is standing in that home plate area, the, the most coveted, goal scoring area of the entire ice it's too easy and then tim stutzel and tarasenko are just gliding in and ah man they scored i'll just turn to the bench now like there's there's nothing there's nothing there that play was ultimate embarrassment a nothing burger of sorts for sure for the ottawa senators last night they uh they lost again to a team that had been losing so tonight will be a little bit different Going up against the Dallas Stars, we will have a full game day preview coming up. No skate for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, DJ Smith and maybe a leader or two will step up here and speak to the media at 1230. Uh, The game tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. The game in Dallas taking on, you know, a Stars team that just year after year has gotten better and better. They hit their 2017 draft out of the park. Miro Haskinen, Jason Robertson, and Jake Ottinger. They got their number one defenseman. They got a number one winger and a number one goalie all in the same draft class. The Ottawa hope that's what the 2020 draft could be, but it just hasn't developed. The stars though, ironically are a lot better on the road than they are at home. They're only seven, five at one at home so far this season. Um, So look, this is a team that, yeah, they're 10th best team in the national hockey league. According to points, if you sort it by points percentage, they're eighth. And at the same time, 
This is a team that I, I think the Senators should be looking to beat tonight. We'll get into a full game day preview of that. And I want to touch on some world junior talk because it's coming up quickly. We're only 11 days away from the start of the tournament in Gothenburg and in Sweden. So let's find out who is going to be representing the Ottawa Senators prospect pool and one late cut that really sucks. All that's coming up. You're listening to Locked On Senators. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the official ticketing app of the Locked On Podcast Network. Buying tickets to your favorite events doesn't have to be stressful, guys, now that you know about Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for not just sports, not just hockey, but music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, Stop stressing over the tickets. Start getting hyped for the fun night out you're going to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets literally right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for any sports or entertainment you want. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time's going to go ahead and credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, boom, tickets on your phone, nice and easy. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork, farmtoforkdelivery.ca. Farm to Fork is a premium meat and seafood company that is servicing the Ottawa area. It's a local company. Derek's a huge Sens fan. He bought this company and wants to take it to the moon. And he's doing that with quality ingredients. All of their meats are hand cut at the butcher's table and flash frozen into individual vacuum sealed uh, things so that you could take them out of the freezer just what you need that certain day. If you don't think the quality or you're worried about the quality, just look on Google. Five-star reviews on average. Five-star reviews out of five. It's unreal how quality this meat is. We've had it before. My parents always make sure to stock up their orders in southern Ontario. They're now available all in Ontario, all in Quebec, and up in Nunavut. Pilsy, I know you love the Farm to Fork burgers as well. I love their steaks. I like the grass-fed AAA age, 28 days, top sirloin. You can get those right now. 10 steaks for 100 bucks. What a deal over at farmtoforkdelivery.ca. Taste the farm-to-fork difference, and that means that you're eating all naturally raised meats, no antibiotics, no added hormones. They're ethically raised, and when you're looking at their poultry products, they're cage-free and air-chilled. They also have sustainable seafood selections. You can get wild-caught salmon from BC, and make sure you go to their website, farmtoforkdelivery.ca, and check out all their bundles that you can make. That's a great way to save and to try out all of their great food. Go to farmtoforkdelivery.ca and use our promo code LOSP10. That's LOSP10. Gets you 10% off your first purchase. Farm to Fork Delivery. Taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. All right, Pilsy, here we are. 
discussing another Ottawa Senators game day. The Senators fell 4-2 last night to St. Louis. Their record drops to 11-13-0. They did get a two-point performance from Jacob Chicker and a pair of secondary assists. I was a little surprised to see on those stat sheets that they put out after the game, the bars that we don't really understand, but typically... Typically, Pilsy does match the eye test. I was surprised to see that Jacob Chikrin was the Senators' best player, according to those metrics last night. I was also surprised, but, I mean, it's not like I had other guys in mind that, oh, this guy played a lot better or this guy was uh, was a standout. We didn't even do standouts for yesterday's game. So who knows how, how they're uh, deciding that that was a good game for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, they had the defense was pretty bad for them, but the offense made up for it. And the production aspect, again, does get two assists. They actually had uh, the lowest in last night's game was Artem Zub, who was uh, a dash three, didn't have his best effort. Unfortunately, Eric Branch from down at the bottom. Same with Tim Stutzla and Vladimir Tarasenko. That back check alone should get them at the very bottom of that list. Some good performances, Ridley Gregg, Drake Batherson. And uh, when you when you see Travis Hamnick that high up and he's played 10 minutes, and taking two slap shots that went about a combined 30 feet wide of the net, um, you know that the team is in trouble. But tonight is another opportunity, and they're going up against a couple of hashtag sends abroad as Matt Duchesne and Evgeny Dadanov. Yeah, that Evgeny Dadanov are, uh, are going to be hoping to have first-round production against the Ottawa Senators. But before we get to the Dallas Stars, let's take a peek at this from the Ottawa Senators' circumstances. And again, the Senators aren't skating this morning. You wouldn't expect them to. Second half of back-to-back. you got to save that energy for the game. And we're expecting it to line up the exact same. Josh Norris between Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. Tim Stutzla between Vladimir Tarasenko and Drake Batherson. Ridley Gregg in between Dominic Kubalik and Mathieu Joseph. And then Rourke Chartier with Parker Kelly and Mark Kostelik. On the back end, Jake Sanderson with Jacob Bernard Docker, Jacob Chikrin with Artem Zub, and Eric Brandstrom with Travis Hamnick. The only thing we flipped is Anton Forsberg in goal. We know how rare it is these days for goalies to play both ends of a back-to-back. So we expect Anton Forsberg to get the start tonight in this 8 o'clock Start Pilsy, you're locked on player to watch. Well, usually I go with, uh, you know, one of the star offensive players, but I've just been very unmotivated by those guys recently. So I'm going to switch things up here and I'm going to highlight and be locked on to number 24, JBD. I mean, this guy, uh, I forget what exactly TSN 1200 said, but his teeth got knocked to the back roof of his mouth. And he's going to lose some teeth and he's still out there. He's wearing the cage. He's battling. He's playing with Jake Sanderson. I I think JBD has been turning into the defenseman. We always hoped where you're like, oh, I didn't really notice JBD. Ah, nice, simple, safe, responsible night for him. So I think JBD is a guy that I want to see keep, keep progressing so that when Tom Shabbat does come back, the odd man out in this decor should be very painfully obvious to DJ Smith, and I don't want it to be JBD. So I'm going to be locked on to him to keep making the best out of his opportunities he has here. Yeah, I think that's a great call tonight, Pilsy, because you look at it and the Dallas Stars, they come in waves. They've got so many really strong wingers, especially on their team. So they're they're going to need JBD tonight. They're also going to need a bounce back from that that la- that other pair, right? Like they're go- they're going to need to have uh, Jacob Chikrin and Artem Zub playing a lot better hockey than we saw from them last night if the Senators are going to have any 
amount of success in tonight's game. My locked on players, Claude Giroux, when the times get tough, you have to look at your leaders to be your best players. I thought Claude Giroux had a pretty bad game for his standard last night. Dash two, brutal in the faceoff dot, went three for 10 in the faceoff circle. Yikes. And he's going up against his clone tonight, the guy who I've cloned him with, and that's Joe Pavelski. So I want to see him win that that one on one individual battle that I'm creating. And last night also ended a four game point streak for Claude Giroux. He's been playing great hockey, and I have no doubt that of the guys who can get this team back on track, Claude Giroux is going to be one of the more vocal guys, and uh, they're going to need him going forward. So I've got Claude Giroux as my locked on player tonight. Yeah, I like it. He did hit that post late late in the game, but again, that was uh, an opportunity where. It wasn't going to change the game much. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Claude Giroux is a guy that I think similar to Tim Stutzla, or uh, sorry, Brady Kachuk Ross, where you could look at their stats when they're having good games, the team is winning. When they're not, this team struggles. So hopefully Claude can bounce back here. And with the citizens, Pilsy, I don't know if I've seen one this close yet. So we just, you know what, we put the double whammy out there uh, for, for the Ottawa Senators here with the citizens pick for tonight's game. And we went with both Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. Why did we do that? Both these guys need to need to have a good game, especially Tim Stutzla. Like that was not a great performance for him. And then Brady Kachuk, I mean, he, he has that fight that wakes everybody up, but other than that, not too much going on for him either. And when you have guys like Timmy and Brady, wow, yeah, that is close, 36% uh, vote apiece. This team's not going to be able to have success with the way they're playing if these top-end guys aren't going. So let's hope both these guys can get going. I can't remember the last two-game stretch where Tim Stutz had no points and was minus four. Like, it has to be the COVID yeah. year, no? Pro- probably, yeah. Like, like he's gone stretches. I know he went that four-game stretch in uh, in late 2021 when the team was just brutal, but for him to, to go this quiet for this long, it's uh it's a bit of a concern. I got to say, and I, I'm curious to see what the ice time allocation is going to be tonight, especially on the second half of back to back because Stutzla led the Ottawa senators forwards in ice time last night. And it wasn't particularly close. Josh Norris played 20 minutes and 37 seconds. Timmy played three full minutes more. Hmm. No other forward was even over 20. So you, you're looking at a time here where, I know that, look, we've we've kind of speculated that maybe he's not at 100%. That's complete speculation. We have no clue other than the fact that his wrists are taped up, that he's wearing the kinesiology tape. He just looks like he's being pieced together right now. But he's also, we got to remember, he's still 21 years old. Like yeah. You're hoping that this isn't a situation where DJ is like, oh, I need to keep my job. Like No matter, as long as Timmy says he can play, he's going to play 25 minutes. Like There might have to come a time where Timmy's playing 18 minutes and 19 minutes for a bit of a stretch here. So they're not just Thomas Shabbatting him where it's like all of a sudden, like, what are we doing? Thomas Shabbat's played a hundred thousand minutes and, and now he's looking, you know, worse for wear because of it. So I'm hopeful Pillsy, that that's not the case here and that Timmy can, can, you know, get through whatever he's going through right now and, and get back producing. Cause this team's at its best when Timmy's dancing and more importantly, when Tim Stutz is making good decisions with the puck. Yeah, unfortunately, though, Ross, this is this is a Dallas Stars team that is not going to be easy for Tim Stutzler to bounce back, right? Like if this was one of the lower basement teams, one of the few teams lower than the Sens in the standing, sure, you can be like, all right, here's a, here's a good night to come back. But 
he's got his work cut out for him as this whole road trip, even the Arizona Coyotes, is going to be tough for this Ottawa Senators squad. Okay, those are our locked-on players to watch tonight. Again, 8 o'clock start. We'll have the postcast for you again a little bit later, probably the same start time as last night. All right, Pilsy, after the break, let's talk about the Dallas Stars. What makes them such a great team? And let's get some World Junior Chatter. That's all next. You're listening to Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's also North America's number one sportsbook. Why would you go anywhere else? Especially right now, new customers in the U.S. can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, all on just a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel... There's no better time to get in on the action. The reason I love FanDuel so much is the app is simple, safe, secure, and easy to use. It's so much better than any other sportsbook app, in my opinion. They got all the fun promos going on. They got um, the trending bets, what a lot of people are hitting on that night. So you can say, hey, this seems like a hot bet. I'm going to ride the hot hand here, and hopefully that goes for you. Or you can just make your own picks as usual, and that includes spreads, over-unders, player props, money line, puck line, regulation, anything you can think of, you can find it on FanDuel. So go check it out today, guys. FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you can bet on all sports, not just hockey, basketball, football, college football, whatever you're into, you can find it on FanDuel. So check it out today, guys. FanDuel Sportsbook. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace is the only place to go when you're hungry for shawarma in Ottawa. When you look at Shawarma Palace, I look at a long, proud history of serving Ottawa and being proud of being in the nation's capital. They're huge Ottawa Senators fans. You can watch them. You can watch them grow throughout seven different locations. Look, Shawarma Palace started with one shop back in 1997, and now, now, They're all over the city, and there's good reason for that. What they do is they stay true to their roots, and that is humongous portions with fresh ingredients and the best quality meats that that you can get in the shawarma world in Ottawa. Now, look, whether you get chicken, beef, falafel, it's always going to be delicious. It's always going to be fresh, but to me, it's the platters that separate Shawarma Palace. The, The crispy garlic potatoes with the garlic sauce, the hummus in there. You know you have to get the fresh greens. You get the pickled turnips. You get the... um. You get the rice in there as well, and then it's all served with a beautiful pita that you can either dip in your sauce or you can kind of make your own sandwiches. All of it's at Shawarma Palace. You can also just get the sandwich right from the grab-and-go locations, whether it's Bank Street, Hunt Club, Sailor Ross Shopping Center, or the flagship store right on Rideau Street by Augusta. That's my favorite store. Make sure you head there today. Go eat like a royal today. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy. Here we are. Game day. Senators game day. Oh, here we go. It is up against the Dallas Stars. And when you're looking at this Ottawa Senators team, they really should just be focusing on themselves. Hey, like versus taking a look at this team that they're going up against because that it could be intimidating. I think for this young team, a team that, you know, looks over across here. And this is a veteran squad they're going up against. Yeah, a lot of great veteran leadership on this squad. When you look at, you already mentioned Joe Pavelski, but then you get Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, uh, your guy Ross, Ryan Suter. Like, there's a lot of uh, veterans on this team. But then 
a mixture of young guys as well. Like you look at Robertson, uh, Rupe Hintz, uh, Wyatt Johnson, uh, and then on the back end, especially that bottom pair with Harley and Hanley, there's a lot of kind of fruits of their labor in drafting and developing properly as a team that's never really done the rebuild. It's like, as far as I can think, Ross, the Dallas Stars have never been a basement-dwelling, rebuilding team. So they've done a good job of managing and uh, bringing in the right players to help keep this thing going. So I was lucky enough when I was hosting Jets at noon a couple weeks ago, we had Jim Neal on, the Dallas Stars GM. And you just have to you just have to listen to Mark Mathot talk yes. about him and what he did for to bring him and like babysitting the kids and all that. Like that's that's wild. And and he goes above and beyond as a general manager and you know, just an all-around good guy. Fun fact about Jim Neal, he was on Team Canada at the 1980 Olympics. Yeah, the Miracle on Ice tournament with nice. the US. He was on Team Canada representing. He still had a mustache back then that he does now. You know, just an old school beauty from Alberta and and you got to look at Jim Neal, what he's built there. Like, so much credit yep. for him. Look at the players that they've drafted and developed. Rupe Hintz, Jason Robertson, you know, making the uh, the Wyatt Johnston pick. He didn't play a single game that year in the OHL. They were shut down. And everyone was like, wait, they took Wyatt Johnston at, like, 23 overall? We thought he'd be a second-round pick. I remember doing his draft profile. Mm-hmm. He, he played under Mark Savard at, at, in, uh, in junior, and he was, like, you know, banging on the table for him. And then now look at him, one of the best young players, 20 goal scorer, him and Shane Pinto kind of, you know, led all that rookie class last year in goal scoring. And even further down, you look at Miro Haskin and you look at Essa Lindell. How about this? The Harley Hanley pairing on the back end, like um, Harley, another first round pick. And then we already talked about Jake Ottinger, but uh, this, this stars team, they're built to win, but they also, I don't want to call it luck, but because of the culture that they've built around their team and no state tax, They've been able to attract a pair of players. One of them is like my least favorite player in the NHL, Ryan Suter, <laughs> just a boring player. I'm, I've been squatting on that take for literally a decade at this point. But not only him, but Matt Duchesne coming in. These guys who have been bought out from long, high-earning contracts yep. are taking less because they have a second paycheck coming in. So they wanted to pick the best place for them. Belzy, I don't know who your lookout player is, but I can tell you, then I'm looking out for Matt Duchesne tonight because ah. the the numbers on this guy are insane this year. He went, there's one streak where he had, a, I think, four game-winning goals in a matter of seven games. Like, he's he's just been everything you'd want and more right now for the, for the Dallas Stars. He's up to 21 points in 26 games, and he's he's making nothing. He's making three million bucks. So it's, to me, that's the, where they've been able to create so much extra depth and flexibility in their roster based on these these two players that they've been able to put into top six, top four roles at a lot less than their market value. And the thing is, too, Ross, like obviously the no state tax and, and a successful team makes uh, going to Dallas an enticing decision. But Dallas is famous for having the worst travel schedule by far in the league. So for Players to be aware of that and still be like, you know what? The benefits outweigh all that brutal travel I'm going to have to do. That says a lot about what this team's been able to put forth. Uh, you took my guy, Duchesne, definitely is a guy I'm going to be looking out for. So as you th- think and maybe consider someone else, here's how the lines are expected to roll tonight. Rupe hints between Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. Matt Duchesne with Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan. Wyatt Johnson is between Jamie Benn and Evgeny Dadanov. Or more like data, no first round pick. Am I right? 
And then the fourth line is Radic Faxa with Sam Steele and Craig Smith. On the back end, it's Ryan Suter with Miro Haskinen. It's Essa Lindell with Yanni Hockenpah. And it's uh, Thomas Harley with Joel Hanley. And we expect Jake Ottinger to get the start in goal. Dallas has been off for the last number of days. They haven't played since beating the Detroit Red Wings on Monday. Ross, I like that Boston accent you gave for Yanni Hockenpah. I just love that name. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I thought you were going to take this guy, Ross. You took my guy, so I'm going to go ahead and take your guy, number 16, Joe Pavelski here. I mean, the guy leads the team in points. He's a point, almost a point per game player, 26 points in 27 games, making, what, three and a half million, I think? Let me double check that. Yeah, three and a half million at 39 years old. Like, the value on this guy is crazy, and – I was trying to think, like, I wonder what his transition from being a longtime San Jose Shark to Dallas was. When he first came to Dallas, 31 points in 67 games. I think everyone was like, ooh, like, maybe the Stars jumped the gun and gave him a three-year deal for an aging guy, and uh, it's not really working out here. Well, all it took was one year, and he turned things around. He's essentially been a point-per-game guy since. 51 points in 56 games, 81 and 82, 77 and 82, and now 26 and 27. Very close to point-per-game pace ever since. So this is a guy that you have to watch out for. He's so insanely skilled, and uh, he just keeps rolling, and he's able to find a new life here in Dallas. So number 16, you got to watch out for because his hockey IQ is – one, one of the best in the league. And he, he's one of the most respected players in the league as well. And he's always known as been a great puck tipper, which is a, a great talent. He's mm, always yep. working on that trade. I love what the Dallas stars did on their social media. I nice. just pulled it up here. They got Joe's tip jar for all the goals. He scores on deflections this season. So um, a, a nice little piece of social content there for the Dallas stars, the Dallas stars. When you look at their, you know, if you go to the stats page on NHL, you just kind of sort and you're seeing like, okay, what makes this team so successful? And the answer's a bit of, everything i mean they probably tell you they want to be a bit higher than they are in in goals against right now they're at 3.07 goals against average as a team that's 14th right in the middle of the pack for the national hockey league so that's something that i would imagine they want to work on at five on five because their special teams are money they've got the seventh best power play in the national hockey league and the fourth best penalty kill so it's going to be a tough night for the ottawa senators when it comes to special teams and for the sends like They've been anything but special outside of that Detroit game. They haven't scored a power play goal in four straight other than that Detroit game. So you're looking at a situation now where the Senators, they haven't even really earned a whole lot of power plays over this stretch. So maybe it's something where they have to find themselves in the dirtier areas. And I know I keep going back to to the Detroit game. They went two for six. Okay, that's great. Um, Outside of that, 0 for 3, 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 0 for 4, 0 for 2. And then their PK, it was... It was three for three last game, so we're going to give him some credit there. But over Up the last against one of the worst power plays in the league, though, let's not raise the bar too high here. It's true. It's the, true. The not- St. Louis Blues power play is clicking at eight point four percent. Like they've given up ten power play goals. Ottawa has on their last twenty eight kills. So the PK is eighteen for its last twenty eight. Not good enough. You're not going to win no. when it comes to that. So. Uh, my key to victory, and I'm only going to do one because we we made ourselves look so foolish yesterday doing three keys to victory, and the Senators accomplished zero of yeah. them in their 4-2 loss. Like The only thing funnier is if we'd put start on time, and then they started the game 10 minutes late. It was already one nothing. But tonight, 
it's just like start on time. You know, I'll do it. I'll do it. Start on time today, Pilsy. Give me one. Well, mine's kind of similar to yours, Ross, but I, I'm it's depressing how low we're going here. When things are going very badly for you, uh, not you specifically, Ross, for, for people in general, sometimes it's a good strategy to start compartmentalizing things and just work on one little thing at a time. And then once you're good at that little thing, now let's add another little thing. And then you just keep building until you can kind of bring a complete package. So this is this is where we're at. We're losers we cover a team that loses often. We can't even get loser points. That's how much of losers we're at right now. Ross, you let's... see the Leafs? See the Leafs get a loser point last night, scoring five straight? Yeah, although I do love that it was 5 nothing and you lost the game. Like, yeah. sure, it's very impressive to come back from 5 nothing, but, like, claiming it was 5 nothing and being so stoked with that and then losing the game doesn't have the same flavor. Do you hear they asked William Nylander about it? They said, what was the mood in the dressing room when it was 5 nothing? He goes, we know we can score five in a row. And it's like, oh, the other team scored six. <laughs> Not math, guys. Um, um, th- sorry, but- that, was a, that was a great uh, co- coincidental ums at the same time. Wow. Y- yes, look at us. A-, a-, a cohesive unit, Ross. Struck- I want the Senators to play a Stability. good first 10 minutes. Let's start there. We're starting there. If they play a good first 10 minutes, they can collapse like they like to do for the rest of the game. The other 50. You said you sound like you're like a a parent. It's like eat your veggies and you can have dessert. Just play a good 10 minutes and then you can have the rest and do whatever you want. That's what I'm saying, Ross. Yes. If they play a good first 10 minutes, then just piss the rest of the game away. and, And that's okay. And then up against Vegas on Saturday, Ross, we're gonna no, go Sunday. Sunday, we got a date to digest. Sorry, uh, we're gonna go for a full twenty minutes, and then if that works, we're gonna go for a thirty, and then maybe in January we can try to be playing a full sixty. So let's, as the cliche saying goes, Ross, let's play a full ten. We've got an update on uh, the Shane Pinto situation. Sounds like he's gonna take what his qualifying offer would have been. So talk about yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Well, I know, but we were curious what it was going to be. So Elliot Friedman is reporting this morning, suspended players can return to the team 10 days before first being allowed to play. So he's eligible to come back with the team on January, excuse me, January 11th and play January 21st first Philly under the impression that Pinto will be in Ottawa soon and will sign for the remainder of this year at his qualifying offer, which is about $800,000 give or take. So the Senators might not be in the cap crunch that we thought they would be to have to move someone for him to come back in the lineup. It's like the equivalent of an entry-level contract. But I think st- still they can't afford that, right? Well, they would have to just send down like a Rourke Chartier, right? Because then he would well, just replace that, Ross. Well, yeah, I know. What's this team without Rourke Chartier? <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out what his qualifying offer was, right? Because they expire. Yes, they expire two weeks after we learned that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, there's there's your Shane Pinto yeah. update for now. Ross, that doesn't surprise me. Shane Pinto has lost all leverage in contract negotiations. I, I'm surprised we didn't get a a Brian Eight, Murray type. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, Eight hundred and seventy five thousand is yeah. the uh, is it? I'm surprised we didn't get a Brian Murray type quote. Like he can bag groceries or he can play beer league, but he's not making a million dollars in the NHL. <laughs> not yet. But hey, if he comes back, like 
This can, this is going to be a lot. Like I think we could, we can't understate his importance of of you know helping out. But I know there's sure, bigger but the issues. Only, the only issue, Ross, is the season's going to be so gone by then. It's I already gone, and we still got like twenty or so games to go to get Pinto in the mix, and the season's already lost by then. So the the penalty kill being like dead last in the National Hockey League is a complete joke. It's a complete joke, and, and it's is such it dead an last indictment. Now? It's, that should have yeah, boosted well, them a bit yesterday. Dead last in the East. Yeah, yeah. It should have boosted them again, playing against the worst. It was the 31st-ranked PK against the 31st-ranked power play. Thrilling. Ooh, thrilling. Feel the excitement. Uh, Pills, any final thoughts on today's show? Because I want to get into one last topic. Uh, good luck to everyone attempting to watch this game. Uh, thoughts and prayers with you, as Ross and I will also be attempting to watch this game. And... Join us in the postcast. Like misery loves company. We we need we need friends. Uh, if we're gonna be losers, at least I don't want to be a lonely loser. I may be a loser, but at nice. least I'm not. Alone. I was trying to think of that lyric, Ross. That's perfect. Yes, yeah. I may be a loser, but at least I'm not alone. Hey, shout out to God. My first concert, my my brother took me at the Calgary Stampede. I was like eight years go. old. He didn't do his research. He's like, "What did I just get myself into?" What he didn't realize that it's the foot and mouth uh <laughs> album tour <laughs> that was the tour for him for sure. They were like a one album wonder, so e- that was a great thing. album cover though with toes as teeth in the mouth. That was uh, <laughs> that's a classic, that was classic for sure. Uh, won't be a classic Team Canada this season. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. this is a very anonymous Team Canada, no? Yeah, I, I would say, especially, I mean, no sense prospects like who, who wants to watch. Team Canada with no sense prospects. Boy. So I, I have I have a take that I know it's not a realistic take, but I'm going with the soccer method where you get called up to the international team. It should be a best on best. If you're under 20, you should have to play in this tournament. What well, like NHL teams shouldn't be able to hold you away from it, you mean? Correct. Good luck with that one. No, I know it's very unrealistic. <laughs> but like if you want to grow the game. That's where all eyes are on. That's the biggest event for junior hockey. I get it. They're not junior hockey players. I get it. But they're under It's honestly 20. the biggest event for international hockey, Ross. Now that there's no uh, no NHL players going to the Olympics and the the World Cup of Hockey, like who knows what's going on with that. And then yeah. the the thing they do in the offseason, what, what's that called again? The World Championships? World Championships, yeah. I, I never pay attention to that one, to be honest. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, this is the biggest international stage hockey has. Yes, that's a fair point. And Canada, ha- their top two centers aren't available to them. Imagine Bedard and Fantelli in the mix. Yeah. Like, come on. And then Kevin Korczynski on the back end. Ah, that, that guy. Who cares about that guy? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're still hurting from the Debrinka trade 1.0. <laughs> hey, Debrinka trade 2.0. Kubelik with a snipe. Uh, Donovan Sabrango, by the way, got in a fight in his first AHL game, so good for him. I don't know why he's only playing his first AHL game now. Yeah. He played four in the ECHL, but hey, we got a first-round pick. That'll be 32nd overall with the Boston Bruins, playing as well as they are this year. Um, but yeah, so nobody on Team Canada, Jory and Donovan, uh, a cut for that team. Look, I saw some people being like, oh, this is this show's Dorian sucks. Like, 
He's a fifth round pick. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. He's a fifth round pick. There's lots you can chirp, but that yeah, there's plenty of ammo there, but that that is not one we're using. Yeah. It's a stretch. It's definitely a stretch. Now, uh, from those who won't to those who will, um, we will have two members of Team Sweden, friend of the show, Oscar Pedersen, Pistol Pete. He'll be in the mix. And I always like seeing him about against his own age group because it's been a tough transition for Pedersen yes. into you know, the SHL and producing at that level. But whenever he's in his own age group, he, he just scores goals and he's a, you know, a physical beast as well um, in this. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do in, I would imagine a top six role with, uh, with team Sweden and uh, Kevin Riedler will likely be the backup goalie yep. there uh, for team Sweden. We also have Tomas Hamara playing in his third Pilsy, his third world juniors. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. And Hey, Say what you want about maybe the kind of the the look of a guy that wants to be traded in, in junior, but it's worked out for him great. He's been lighting it up uh, with the Brantford Bulldogs, and him and Jordan Donovan have made a nice pair together. So I, I hope we see um, a tournament for Tomas Amaro where the highlights aren't turnovers right like that's kind of been the story of the last two world juniors for him now that he's got a little bit more experience under his belt maybe he doesn't uh, feel the the need to have so much um expectations on him i just want to see a nice simple game from Thomas Shamara and uh let's see him kind of get more strong defensively here as one of the older kids in the tournament completely agree with that pilsy my final note is that vladimir nikitin yes the kazakhstanian yep. goalie for the chilliwack chiefs seventh round pick from this past year's draft him and team kazakhstan just won the world juniors but the division one the, the year below and how perfect of timing is that pilsy look he had an awesome tournament against bad teams but yeah, the World Juniors next season are in Ottawa, and Kazakhstan has been promoted. So Love we'll it. have Vladimir Very nice in Ottawa next Christmas to play in the real World Juniors. So stick taps to him and Team Kazakhstan for the incredible tournament. And shout out to stick or stick taps to Sense Prospects for uh, for you know always keeping tabs on the Ottawa Senators prospect pool. We got that info from him. All right, Pilsy, that's all for today's show. We'll see you in the postcast after tonight's game. Senators at Dallas, take on the Stars. I've been talking with uh, John Abbott. Likely, we're going to have John Abbott on Monday's show. He's calling calling every game on this uh, road trip. So we're going to check in with Abs. He's going to be live in Arizona. Hopefully, he's got the sun lotion out. He's got the cacti in the background. Um, Abs is an absolute beauty. We love having him as a friend of the show. So expect to hear from Abbott next week and a whole lot more. We'll chat with you after tonight's game. And, oh, yeah, we didn't preview the Vegas Golden Knights, but they're coming. They're just around the corner. Five-game win streak, yeah. Uh, Big gulp. They've got the Buffalo Sabres tonight. So, go Knights tonight, and then uh, hopefully they go to sleep at night on the Sunday. Uh, Martian will be boots on the ground. He'll join us in the postcast after that game. So, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, following the show wherever you get your podcasts, including on Twitter at Send Central. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great day, Sens fans. We'll talk to you tonight. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.